It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. We have a lot to get through on the breaking news. I'll tell you that much. There's just so much going on with rosters and nothing definitive, so that makes it worse. But I wanted to uh, I wanted to start the podcast by saying that you know I was pretty excited about all the talent that was coming in this year, just in general with the you know all the quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. I really felt like there was a lot of talent that this was going to be just a, a monster season for offenses, but. Uh, I really feel like that hasn't necessarily been the case so far this year. And I really think it's a factor of two things. One is the play of the offensive lines for a lot of teams has really regressed and looks really bad. So, you know, you're not seeing a lot of top running back performances. um, And I think that's mostly due to the fact that uh, the linemen can't block for them anymore. You know, teams are getting, uh, you know, better pass blocking uh, linemen based off of just what you know schemes teams are doing more often nowadays and uh, you kind of they've kind of lost their aggressiveness and so I feel like uh, at the line of scrimmage a lot more teams are being dominated by the defense on the defensive line and then secondly I think defenses have kind of caught up with the offenses scheme wise you know they've been drafting uh, for years now to uh, counter these quick uh, offenses with you know the speed guys, the crossing routes, the slot receivers, the you know running backs out of the backfield. So I, I just feel like the you know again you know safe guys that were safeties before are moving into middle linebacker. Uh, they're having a lot uh, more players in the secondary as like base defenses, and it's just you know the game's evolving, and you're, you're starting to see the. Uh, you know, you might start seeing the uh, the evolution kind of tip back the other way with the ground and pound type offenses to counteract all these uh, fast, speedy defenses that are able to uh, defend the uh, the passing game nowadays. But uh, having said that, that's just my thought after watching the first four weeks. Uh, obviously, it's a long season, so uh, that prediction or just observation could go by the wayside if things start to pick up for these offenses. But uh, starting things off, Colts ride res- or Colts running back Marlon Max being shopped. And this is a good move. I thought he should have been traded last year, but of course you wanted to see that he was healthy from that injury that he suffered last year. And there's definitely going to be a lot of teams interested in him because I think he's a great running back and just not getting an opportunity right now in Indianapolis, especially with Indianapolis being 0-3 right now. I think he's a prime trade candidate. Cornerback Richard Sherman signs with the Buccaneers. Great move. You knew he was going to go to a great team. Buccaneers' past defense has been horrid, so they need all the help they can get. This is a good move. Uh, wide receivers Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin activated off IR uh, for the Ravens. And these, you know, Rashad Bateman is supposed to be the one, the number one receiver that they've been lacking in Baltimore for so many years. So he, you know, getting a late start, but he's getting a start. So let's see how he does. Miles Boykin kind of is what he is. 
he's not a bad receiver, but he just plays in Baltimore, so he doesn't get a lot of opportunity. And uh, especially fantasy football wise, he's uh, wise. Uh, he's not really that really that relevant. Bateman might be a good pickup if he's you know out on the waiver wire, but uh, if you're in a pretty competitive league, I'm sure people are already all over him and have him on their roster. QB Lamar Jackson's not practicing. Uh, Harbaugh says he's going to play, so you know I think he plays. This is an important game in Denver, but uh, it's still concerning he's not practicing. Seahawks tight end Gerald Everett was placed on the COVID-19 list, and Gerald Everett had that first. You know, that, that first week was amazing. Hasn't done anything since. Will Disley is going to take his place. Will Disley will probably not do anything. But uh, it's still a blow to that Seahawks offense. Especially, uh, you know, with the the big game they have this week. So, we will see. It's, uh... Anyway, let's move on here. The Buccaneers. I have a lot of Buccaneers news. That's why I'm kind of stalling here. Uh, Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski is not practicing. I mean, I don't see any way that he misses this game against the Patriots. I mean, he'll go out on a stretcher and try to play this game. So, though he's not practicing, I still think he's going to suit up and, uh, you know, be there for this game against the uh, Patriots in Foxborough. Wide receiver Scotty Miller for the Buccaneers was placed on IR. And that's just a shame. Broken leg. And, you know, he finally got some action with Antonio Brown's COVID uh, and gets hurt. Now he's out for the year. So that's going to elevate Tyler Johnson a little bit more, uh, give him a little bit more targets. Not much, though, because, man, you see these weapons. Um, there's not, just not a lot of room for Tyler Johnson. Not a lot of room at all. Antonio Brown, speaking of which, had COVID, but now he's off the list. He's activated. He'll be ready to play against the Patriots. So perfect timing. I expect him to have a big game, too. This is kind of a revenge game, too, because he played for them and got kicked off their team. Uh, rightfully so. I'm not saying that uh, I don't blame the Patriots. But he was there and got cut. Giants activate wide receiver John Ross off of IR. I mean, I guess it's good timing. He's not going to probably play this week. Uh, they need him with uh, Shepard and uh, Slayton being injured, but uh, I don't think he'll make it in time. But uh, it's news nonetheless. And John Ross has been kind of a disappointment in his career. You know, they draft the Bengals drafted him because he was a burner. But uh, he, yeah, you know, speed doesn't make uh, make you a good receiver, and it definitely didn't John Brown or John Ross. Sorry, uh, Washington football team activated wide receiver Curtis Samuel off IR. This is a big move because Curtis Samuel, you've been waiting for this offense to have Curtis Samuel, and I think they do a lot of big things with him. So I'm excited to see how this offense is, but we're gonna have to be waiting a little bit longer because I don't think he plays this week. He has three, you know, the, the football team has three weeks to decide on if they want to bring him back off of IR for good. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be this week, but probably next week he'll be ready. But uh, apparently he's uh, he's looking good in practice. Falcons wide receiver Russell Gage did not practice. So uh, that kind of opens the door for Alamide, uh 
Zacchaeus, I can't even pronounce his last name. Um, I'm not going to try. I'm, I'm just not. I'll talk about him in the preview, and I'll, I'll try to pronounce the name again. Probably better than I just did there. But, uh, yeah, so it, it doesn't look like Russell Gage is going to play this week, unfortunately. But that kind of goes the same with uh, Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He didn't practice. It's not looking good for him to play either. So keep an eye on, on uh, Alan Lazard against the Steelers. He can be a sneaky play with how bad the Steelers are at defending the wide receiver position this year. Uh, 49ers signed cornerback Buster Skrine. I, I liked him. He's been all over the league too, but uh, I don't know if he has anything left in the tank. But the 49ers are going to find out. So let's uh, see how, how it goes. Titans wide receiver Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, they're not practicing, and it's not looking good that they're going to play. So... Uh, Josh Reynolds, um, the Westbrook Ikein, Nick Westbrook Ikein, uh, Ikein. I I can't pronounce that second part of his last name. That again will be part of the preview. Me trying to pronounce that name, but uh, I think those are solid plays this week. So uh, especially, you know, Derrick Henry obviously is probably going to be the the main bell cow, but with those two guys out, that's going to be a big blow to the Tennessee Titans, and especially, it's against the Jets, though, so, I mean, uh, maybe this is a good game for both of them to miss. <laughs> Giants wide receivers Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton have hamstring injuries, and they look like they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to be playing this week. You know, we just talked about it with John Ross. Um... Colin Johnson is a big play here, and it looks like Kenny Galladay is going to play, uh, but he's banged up, so uh, it's something to monitor. But, yeah, I don't think they're playing. Vikings running back Davin Cooks, limited in practice. So him being limited makes me a little more confident he's going to play. Uh, even if he doesn't, I mean, this should be his last week that he doesn't play. But that's another injury to monitor because we're kind of on the fence on if he's going to play this week or not. Just wide receiver Elijah Moore has a concussion. He didn't practice. I think he's out. He's not going to be part of this uh, Tennessee Titans-Jets game. So that's significant. But if you have Elijah Moore on your team, you're not starting him. You're just kind of stashing him, waiting for something, that, you know, that Jets offense to come to life a little bit. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, limited in practice. And this is significant because it looks like he's going to play, but is he going to play? Um, if he does play, he's going to have a monster game. That's for sure. And it's against the Dolphins. And that's going to really open the door for Naeem Hines if that's the case. But that's, uh, yeah, that's something to monitor as well. Texas uh, Texans wide receiver Danny Amendola is still not practicing. He's going to be out. Amendola's not going to play this week. And, uh, I mean, he shouldn't play this week. It's against the Bills. So uh, they're going to have to go to a different slot receiver. And it looks like it's going to probably be Anthony Miller again. Broncos running back Melvin Gordon was limited in practice. He has ribs in the lower leg injury. This is kind of late in the week for this to kind of be there. And so you really got to be certain, certain to look at Javante Williams for some of your FanDuel stuff. If uh, Melvin Gordon is out, I really like the Javante Williams play. So monitor that. 
and and see if that's the you know if Melvin Gordon plays or not. If they if he plays and they both play, you know they kind of take away from each other. So if one of them's injured or doesn't play, it actually really opens the door for the other guy to have a big week. But Mike Boone did come off the IR list, so he's activated. But uh, we'll see if you know. Again, I don't think he'll play this week. It might be you know next week or a couple weeks from now, but. You won't see Mike Boone unless there's an injury to Williams or or uh, Melvin Gordon. The Jaguars activated wide receiver Tavon Austin from IR, and he played on Thursday night. I think he had, what, a catch for like eight yards or so. So that's good for the Jaguars. They need all the help they can get. But then the Texans release kicker Joey Sly. And, you know, he was the... Carolina Panthers kicker forever went to the Texans. Well, now he's not a kicker for anyone. He was slyly cut uh, today, and uh, yeah, this might be the end of the road at least for this season. But with how you know how much teams toggle kickers, I'm sure he'll end up on someone's practice squad or you know get in somewhere where you know maybe another kicker struggling somewhere. But, uh, yeah, that does it for our breaking news. It was quite a lot on our plate, but uh, we got it done. And uh, let's get to those previews. It'll be fun. NFL Preview Alert. Let the games begin. It's NFL Week 4. We got another full slate of games. And to kick things off with the Sunday morning games, we got the Tennessee Titans at the New York Jets. Everybody knows how I feel about the New York Jets, but uh, the Titans are favored by a touchdown. So seven points, and I'm taking Tennessee. If Tennessee was favored by more than seven points, I'd still be taking Tennessee. If they were favored by like 20 points, I'd be taking Tennessee. I just uh, didn't like what I saw from the Jets against Denver. Now, the Jets are at home, so I don't think it'll be a shutout by any means, but I still think the Titans are going to dominate this game. The over-under is 45.4. I'm taking the under and it's not because I don't think the Titans will score a lot. It's more along the lines of I don't think the Jets will score uh, enough or at all. <laughs> well, they're at home. They'll score like a field goal or something. Ten points. Let's give them ten points. <laughs> Anyways, starting, I'm starting Derrick Henry. This is, I mean, he should be a beast in this game. He's been dominating the first three weeks of the season. He should have another big game here. So I'm starting him. I'm also start. Oh, well, and here's the thing too. I'm also starting the other receivers that aren't AJ Brown and Julio Jones. It doesn't look like either of them are playing. We don't know. So obviously, if they're playing, you're putting them in your starting lineup. But if they don't play, I'm interested in you know Josh Reynolds. I think can maybe take a step up. I mean, he's that third receiver. He's been kind of quiet though. I really like Nick Westbrook uh, Ikeen, and I don't even know if I pronounced that uh, last part of his last name right. Uh, you know, he's a two-last namer. There seems to be a lot of those in the NFL nowadays. Uh, but I can pronounce Westbrook. I really like him this week. I think he could be a, a sleeper play. He had a great week last week. He's getting a lot of targets. So if Julio Jones and A.J. Brown don't play, I would slide them both in, or I'd slide him in there and... I kind of feel like he could be a, a decent play this week. Uh, Chester Rogers, too, of course, because I think if, you know, if both of them don't play, Chester Rogers is going to get some uh, action as well. He could be a good play against this Jets defense. I'm sitting basically everyone else, though. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. Jets, 
you know, they, they get smoked, but the quarterback really doesn't do a lot against them. And I think if they're running Derrick Henry and they get a big lead, they're not going to pass the ball that much. So uh, uh, I'm I'm just not thinking this is going to be a Ryan, Ryan Tannehill day. Anthony Ferkser, the Jets do defend the tight end position pretty well. And then on the Jets, I mean, I'm benching everybody. I don't trust Zach Wilson, so I don't. I, even if the receivers had a good matchup, I wouldn't play them. Jamison Crowder might return. I'd still not play him. Tevin Coleman, if he plays, not not really. Uh, yeah, I'm not starting him. Michael Carter, not starting him. Ryan Griffin, not playing him. Tyler Croft probably isn't going to play, so I think it's going to be Ryan Griffin. So, yeah, there's just Corey Davis. I mean, I like the receiver, but, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson's throwing him the ball, and I'm, I'm not taking any Jets, especially if I have, you know, if I have my fantasy football season on the line, uh, I have a big week, you know, maybe I lost a couple games. I'm not going to trust any Jets player to get me any points at this point. So we'll see how that goes, but, uh, yeah, take the under and take the Titans, winning by more than seven for sure. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. This game's kind of a tough one. I mean, the Eagles are at home, so I think it's going to be a little bit closer than, you know, what the, everyone's expecting. Kansas City Chiefs are favored by 7.5. So a touchdown and a half, well, a touchdown and half a point. I don't know. That's, uh, that's a lot for especially visiting. The Chiefs are kind of in a slump. I definitely think they clean it up and they win. But uh, I think the Eagles can definitely, uh, uh, you know, put put up a game against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they kind of laid an egg against the Cowboys. But, again, they're at home. I don't like the fact that uh, Brandon Graham is out for the for that defense. Their, their defense definitely doesn't look as strong. They don't. They can't generate as much of a pass rush. But I'm I'm taking the Eagles. Give me the points. The over under is fifty four point five, and I'm just taking the over because in this one, I just think it's going to be a high scoring game where there's going to be a lot of uh, offensive. I, I guess basically it's just the offense marching down the field back and forth the whole game. That's how I, I kind of picture this one. So it's definitely it's going to be high scoring. Eagles are going to score enough in the loss that uh, they'll get over that uh, that. You know, they'll get the 55 points uh, total in this game. Starting Jalen Hurts, I think he actually has an amazing game and maybe one of the top games of the week against this Kansas City Chiefs defense. I'm not impressed with the Chiefs defense. They give up a lot of points to the quarterback. And, you know, they give up a lot of points to the running back. So Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, I like both of them. I like Miles Sanders, but I don't like the fact that when he ran the ball twice last week. That gives me some pause. And the fact that he's been getting less and less carries every week since the first week of the, uh, of the season. So, I mean, he has a great matchup, uh, but they really need to use him. And I hope they do. And they should. Because I, th- I think he's a good running back. I just don't understand why they're not using him more. Anyway, so start both of the, both him, Gainwell. He seems to get the uh, touchdowns. and But uh, I was concerned about his usage last week as well. Uh, Jalen Rager, Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins is a sneaky play, I think, in here. I think he, he can have have a decent game. And between Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith, one of them is going to have a big game. I don't know which one. So you're starting both of them because they both have the potential. I kind of am leaning more Jalen Rager, uh, you know, being the second-year guy. But uh, we'll see. 
I, I think they both, uh, you know, potentially could have a good game. I think Quez Watkins is more of the big play guy. He doesn't get the ball much, but he makes, you know, he gets a lot of yards, and uh, he can be one of those ones where, you know, with limited uh, uh, catches and targets that uh, he can maybe get you more points than what you're expecting. Uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a good matchup against the Eagles because, surprisingly, the Eagles do pretty well against quarterbacks, but you're still playing Mahomes. Don't need to talk about it. Same with Tyreek Hill. Bad matchup, but you're playing Tyreek Hill. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a great matchup here. It's a really good matchup. So play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's, you know, I've already talked about him being kind of a disappointment, but this could be a game that uh, he excels at, and this could be, you know, two games in a row where at least he's putting up some numbers helping your fantasy football team. Uh, Travis Kels, we don't need to talk about it. You're always starting Travis Kels. That's just the way it goes. He's the best tight end in the NFL. And it's a good matchup, too, on top of that. So uh, I don't think anyone's going to... Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to outscore Travis Kels this week at tight end. Uh, sitting everyone else, McCall, McCall Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. Don't like any of them. They're on the bench. And then on the Eagle side of the ball, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. I'm sitting both of them. Um, Chiefs do pretty well against the tight end position. There's two of them. Ertz had a pretty decent game last week. I'm just, yeah, I, I just, I don't know who to pick. First off, Chiefs do well against the tight end, and uh, Ertz and Goddard are going to be splitting a little bit. So I'm just putting them both on my, my bench right now. They're sit. So I'm excited about this game, though. I mean, uh, Chiefs, they, they're definitely not going to lose three in a row, right? And the Eagles, they need to get back on track. So this, uh, this should be interesting. The Carolina Panthers at the Dallas Cowboys. And predictions kind of make it seem like they're, you know, this is going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 50. Cowboys are favored by five. And they're at home, so I'm actually I, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. I think they'll cover the five points. And I know Carolina's undefeated, and you know, there's a they're in first place, and everyone's excited about it. But I just don't like them coming into Dallas with how Dallas is playing, and then Christian McCaffrey being hurt. There's just a lot there, and I don't know how this offense is going to look without Christian McCaffrey. So I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm giving up the five points. But I am taking the under on the 50. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as what's predicted. But I am starting Sam Darnold. I think he has a great matchup here against the Cowboys. Cowboys don't defend the quarterback very well. And Sam Darnold's been, you know, he's been doing pretty well with Carolina this year. And uh, he's been replacing the rushing touchdowns from McCaffrey when he had, uh, what, two of them last time? Uh, DJ Moore, I'm definitely starting him. I think he has one of the better weeks of the, the week all around at receiver. Robbie Anderson, I'm starting him. I know what you're thinking. Like, you know, he hasn't done anything all year. But this would be the type of game where he's able to take the top off the defense and, and get some of those big plays. So it's going to happen. Robbie Anderson's not going to be in this rut forever. And... Uh, you know, it's been three games now, so he's he's got to get out of it. This is a good matchup. I'm I'm playing Robbie Anderson with confidence. Terrence Marshall Jr. I'm playing him too, and same type of thing. He has, he's been kind of disappointing, but I like that he's, you know the targets he's getting. I, I just think it's a matter of time. This is a good matchup here, and uh, he's a start for me. Actually, on the Cowboys, the only one I'm really starting is C.D. Lamb. He doesn't have a really good matchup 
the Panthers' defense is one, you know, one of the top defenses in the NFL right now. So uh, there, there's not a lot to like on the Dallas Cowboys side of the ball. But Ceedee Lamb is, you know, I think he's matchup proof. You need to play him. And Dak Prescott, you know, you're you're playing him. Zeke Elliott, you're playing him. But this is one of those games where you play them and you just hope they do better than, uh, you know, what that defense has done to the you know the other quarterbacks and running backs that they face. So. Uh, this might be a sneaky play for Tony Pollard, however, because the Panthers give up a little bit more uh, receiving yards through the air, and uh, Tony Pollard, I just feel like, does a better job of that than Elliott, even though Elliott's not bad. I'm not ripping on Elliott's receiving skills. And, uh, yeah, Mari Cooper with his injury, I'm sitting him. He kind of scares me in this play uh, this week. And then Cedric Wilson, you know, I said kind of the same thing last week. I didn't expect much from him, and then he got that touchdown. But uh, it's, you know, he's going to be touchdown dependent again. And same with Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz. You know, Dalton Schultz is actually coming on strong. He's like the fifth-rated tight end at football right now. But uh, this is a bad matchup, so I'm I'm not expecting uh, big things from him this week. There's just too much ball to go around, and Panthers defend the tight end. So uh, on the Panther side of the ball, I'm just sitting Ian Thomas. I mean, he has a good matchup. He actually has a great matchup, but the Panthers just don't use the tight end at all. So uh, even if it's a good matchup, I don't see the point in trying to play him and you know fishing for those points. And then uh, Chuba Hubbard, I'm actually don't think he's a good play this week against the Cowboys. Cowboys do decent against the running back. I'm not sure how well he can pass protect or receive. You know, there, there might be some questions about his receiving skills out of the backfield. So you might see a little more Royce Freeman than what you're anticipating or anyone's anticipating. So don't be surprised if that happens. So that makes it, him a scary play for me a little bit. And uh, obviously, it makes Royce Freeman a scary play for me too because I don't know how that's going to look with, uh, you know, with them replacing McCaffrey. But it should be a fun game. I mean, two pretty solid football teams. And uh, but I think Dallas's home field advantage wins out. The New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints, and the Saints are favored by seven point five points. The over under is forty three point five, and I'm taking the Giants. I think they lose, but I don't think they lose by that much. Saints offense is kind of struggling. Outside of Avin Kamara, they really got nothing right now, and I think they score more than. 20, yeah, 22, 22. Uh, yeah, I think they get at least 44 points in this one. If anything, there's going to be a couple defensive touchdowns with as much as uh, the Giants are prone to turn the ball over. So I'm, you know, start, I'm starting Daniel Jones in this one. The Saints give up some points to the quarterback position. So this can be a, a game for Daniel Jones for him to, well, who am I fooling? You know, I, I thought Daniel Jones rose up from the ashes a couple weeks ago, only to have a disappointment uh, last week against the Falcons. So, uh, but, you know, Saints don't do well against the quarterback, so maybe this is, you know, the, the up-and-down Daniel Jones where, you know, he produces when you don't think he's he's going to. We'll see. I'm liking Colin Johnson, though, too, because Darius Slayton is hurt. He might not play. Uh, Sterling Shepard is hurt. He might not play. Kenny Galladay is hurt. He might not play. Now, I don't think all three of them won't play, but even if two out of the three don't play, or even one of them don't play, I just really like Colin Johnson. 
he had a great game last week, and I I think you know the Giants are liking what they're seeing from him. I think he's a sneaky play, and you know especially if Sterling Shepard doesn't play. But if Sterling Shepard and Slayton don't play, really like uh, Colin Johnson in this one. So he's kind of my sneaky play this week. Sitting Saquon Barkley, I just don't like this matchup. Saints can stuff the run, and uh, yeah. I, he had a great game last week. It looks like he's starting to round back into form, but not against the Saints defense. It's really been a tough schedule for Barkley so far. And then Kadarius Tony, Evan Ingram, benching them as well. Tony hasn't done anything. He's a rookie, so I'm not like ready to bury him yet. But uh, he's definitely not on my, you know, a playlist. And then Ingram, Saints do well against the tight end. So for the Saints, starting Jameis Winston. This is a, uh, you know, Jameis Winston's going to rebound from last week. And uh, hopefully it's doing dump-offs to Alvin Kamara because I think Alvin Kamara just has a monster game this week. I think he has one of the top running back weeks outside of Derrick Henry uh, in, you know, in this uh, this week four matchups. Adam Troutman, Juwan Johnson, like both tight ends. Giants give up a lot of points to the tight end position. And you know Adam Troutman hasn't been doing anything of what we expected. We thought he might be a sleeper this year. Winston isn't Drew Brees, hasn't been able to get him the ball. But Juwan Johnson, you know, he had that big first week of this and then hasn't done much. This could be another week where they use him like they did that first week, and, uh, you know, he he can be a sneaky play here where he is more effective than what you think. I'm benching everyone else, Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris, you know. I don't like the receivers in this, mat, in this matchup at all, and... You know, we're, we're waiting for Michael Thomas to get back. It's not going to be this week. So, uh, you know, it might be soon, but it's not going to be this week. So you bench all the receivers for the Saints in this matchup. But, uh, yeah, over 43.5, take the 7.5 points that you're going to get in the uh, on the spread for the Giants. And... Uh, yeah, this this will be a, a game that you're probably not going to watch unless you're a fan, because there are some other interesting games that are going on. But uh, I'm still, you know, interested in this outcome. The Cleveland Browns at the Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be a fun game. There's nothing more to say about it. Fifty-two point five is the over/under. I'm taking the over. I just think it's going to be that much of a shootout. Cleveland is favored by two points, and I'll go with that. I like Cleveland's defense a little bit better than the Vikings at this point. And uh, even with Juice uh, Landry being on IR, I still think this is going to be an efficient offense. So I'm starting Baker Mayfield. I'm starting Odell Beckham. Beckham's going to be back. So if he is, you need to play him, and I expect a big week from him being the only receiver around. And... Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'm not that high on. He's been pretty quiet, and he kind of slides in the other receiver spot. But don't uh, don't sleep on uh, Demetric Felton. I think he can have a really big game. He's kind of a wide receiver running back slash type. And, uh, you know, he's always, uh, I mean, he's just at any moment can make that big play. But I, I think he'll actually get more targets than he has all season in this one and be a big factor, and especially with Baker Mayfield, maybe giving him some of those, uh, you know, quick slants or um, uh, screen passes or just anything to get him the ball. 
and let him just work the field and make some plays, I think that will be a uh, I think that's going to happen. So we'll see. You know, maybe forecasting a little bit too much with that, but uh, he, he can be a sneaky play this week as well. Nick Chubb, of course, you know how much I like Nick Chubb. Cream Hunt in this one. Cream Hunt can actually maybe take over the the game in this one with uh, how much uh, how much the uh, Vikings give up to the running back and receiving. That just is right down Cream Hunt's alley. Nick Chubb, not so much since he doesn't really catch the ball, but. Yeah, this could be a big day for Cream Hunt as well. I am sitting Austin Hooper and David Joku. Vikings can defend the tight end, but uh, with all those other weapons, do they really need the tight end? So, I mean, with Beckham and maybe Felton and Chubb and Hunt, I don't think there'll be enough room for the tight ends in this one anyway. For the Minnesota Vikings, I'm starting Kirk Cousins. I'm starting Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, although I don't you know, they have bad matchups. Browns do well against the wide receiver position. But uh, Thielen and Jefferson, you just can't bench them, right? KJ Osborne, he's a bench. Tyler Conklin, even after his big week, um, he's on the bench. And Alexander Madison, you know, Davin Cook, if he plays, you know you're always starting him. But I don't think he does. And Alexander Madison might get his second start. And everyone's going to be high on him after what he did last week. But the Browns stopped the run pretty well. And, and Madison, you know, we've, we've done this before. We've done this a lot last season where it's like, oh, Devin Cook is out. Madison's going to get a lot of carries and just do amazing. And he'll fool you for one game, but it's not consistent and it doesn't keep up. So I, I have him on my bench in this one. But still, we'll see if the uh, Browns can go up to, uh, def- you know, while the Vikings try to defend the North and see if they can stave off the Browns. I just don't think they're going to do it. The Browns are going to win this one. This next game is the opposite of the last game. So I was really excited about this, you know, the Cleveland Browns and Minnesota Vikings. I am not so excited about the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. I don't know. Uh, The Bears are favored by three. And I'm going with the Lions in this one. I think the Lions can pull it off and really do this. The 40, the 42.5 is the over-under. I'm going with the under. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's, now, it could be close to that if Nick Foles is playing quarterback, which I think he will. But uh, if Fields or Dalton are going to be playing quarterback, I definitely am picking the under on this one. So I'm just going with the under just to, to play it safe. I got a two out of three chance of, of getting the the under on this if either of those two play. But, yeah, it's looking like Nick Foles might be the one playing quarterback in this one. Uh, who I'm starting for the Lions, I'm starting DeAndre Swift. I just like him. I mean, he's questionable because, you know, he hasn't been practicing. It's been uh, kind of a – but it seems like DeAndre Swift is always hurt. So it's like, oh, he's hurt, he's not practicing, or he's limited in practice, and then he goes out and plays and, and does okay. So I'm, I'm not worried about Swift. He's going to play. I'm starting him. Quintess Cephas, I like him a lot in this one. I, I don't know what it is. I just think he's getting better and better as the season's going along, and he's close to turning the corner, uh, you know, and it's just a matter of time. So I want to be on the front end when no one's expecting it. I think he's a start. I think he could be a sneaky play this week and, and do a lot of damage. So I'm starting him. Khalif Raymond is the other starter, believe it or not. And he gets a lot of targets. I was surprised how many targets he he gets because everyone talks about Amon Ross St. Brown, Trinity Benson, all these other guys. And 
really it's Raymond getting a lot of the action. So and no one talks about him. So he's a star for me. We need to start talking about him. We need to start talking about Khalif Raymond. Not not enough that we pick him up for a fantasy team jet though. Uh, but I'm start I'm sitting everyone else. T.J. Hawkinson Bears do well against the tight end. Hawkinson disappointed last week. I have him on the bench this week. It's a really bad matchup. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mentioned on the bench, and then Jamal Williams. I just I'm not I'm not feeling him this week. So I uh, I, I think the Bears are able, are going to be able to shut the run down in this one. Uh, but, you know, obviously I like DeAndre Swift's receiving ability, so that's why Williams is on the bench and Swift is not. Uh, Jared Goff, yeah, he's on the bench as well, unfortunately. I, I just think that uh, Jared Goff has had amazing, you know, better than what you expected first three weeks of the season, but uh, this one might not be one of his his better games. For the Bears, starting Nick Foles if he plays, benching everyone else if they play. And uh, David Montgomery, he has an amazing matchup against the Lions, so you need to play him with confidence. And then Allen Robinson, you need to play Allen Robinson if uh, Nick Foles is at quarterback. I think this can be the resurgence that we've been waiting for for Allen Robinson, but it's all dependent on Nick Foles. So we will see, but he can have a big game if that's the case. And then Cole Komet, you know, we keep talking about him. I think, you know, they just can't get him the ball, and maybe Foles can, so... He could be a player where he can actually have his first uh, production uh, game of the year if Foles, again, if Foles is quarter, it really all depends on Foles. It's, uh, it's Foles gold in this one. So we'll see if it, if he ends up playing. Darnell Mooney is a bench. Just he's been injured, hasn't been productive. He's on my bench. But that's really it for the, the Bears. This will be, yeah, this will not be a game I want to watch, but it will be interesting uh, if Nick Foles actually does get out there. The Houston Texans at the Buffalo Bills. This is probably going to be the shortest preview that I've ever had. Davis Mills is playing quarterback. Houston Texans are going to be horrible, so you're not starting anyone from the Texans in this matchup at all. Bench everybody. Ingram, Johnson, Lindsey, Cooks, uh, Jordan Akins, everybody. This, all the receivers, everybody. This is going to be a blowout. Buffalo's defense is probably going to look like world beaters. Uh, you're starting Josh Allen, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs, even though he, you know, technically receivers don't do very well against the Texans, probably because they get such a big lead that they end up just trying to milk the clock and, you know, uh, uh, try to, you know, end the game, sorry. I'm trying to make this fast and I'm making it longer. Uh, Dawson Knox, you're playing everyone. Uh, maybe Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders are on the bench because, again, they're going to get such a big lead that they're not going to be able to, uh, they're not going to want to throw it anymore. They're going to want to run out the clock and, uh, you know, kill time to uh, end the game. And that's pretty much what it is. The Bills are favored by 16 and a half points. 16 and a half in, a, in an NFL game. And usually I'm like, no, that's impossible. I don't care who it is. I'm taking the the uh, the underdog on this one. I'd be taking the Texans, but not in this one. You take the Bills. Take all 16.5 points, and you like it because it's going to be one of those games. Bills are at home, so to, you know it just makes matters worse that they're at home. I think they cover this easily, and that's saying something when it's 16.5. The over-under is 47. Take the under. 
Not because I don't think the Bills will score a lot, but I don't think the Texans will score at all. I think it's tough for the Bills to score 47 when, again, they're going to get such a lead that they're just going to be milking the clock. So that's really all you need to know about this game. And Bills are going to win for sure. The Indianapolis Colts at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are favored by a point and a half. You know, they're at home. Jacoby Brissett's playing quarterback. If it was two, I'd take the Colts, but it's not. It's Brissett. I'm taking Miami. The over-under is 43.5. I'm taking the over on this one. I think it's higher scoring than what we think. Again, because Jacoby Brissett's going to be playing quarterback. So I'm starting Jacoby Brissett. I am also starting Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddell. I think this is going to be a big day for all three of those guys and will make the Dolphins respectable. Enough so that they win this one. I, however, I'm sitting Miles Gaskins. I just don't think he's going to have a, a great game against the Colts defense. And definitely Malcolm Brown, of course. You know, Will Fuller, he's been injured. Not sure if he plays, if he does play. I, I just I want to see more from him uh, healthy before I throw him into my lineup. And then Mike Asicki, this is a bad matchup, so I think Asicki gets kind of stonewalled here and, and doesn't produce. For the Colts, I'm sitting Carson Wentz. Jack Doyle's probably not going to play, so Mo Cox, you know, maybe he gets in there. Uh, I'm sitting the tight ends, though, and the quarterback. Um, starting Jonathan Taylor. I just, you know, he's finally, he's been kind of disappointing the first three weeks, but I think this is where he has his monster game and finally reminds everybody, like, oh, hey, you know, this is the Jonathan Taylor that I drafted and really shows everybody. Even though I was kind of out on him last year, I mean, I'll tell you what, though. Outside of Jonathan Taylor, as much as I like him this week, Naheem Hines, the Dolphins give up a ton of points receiving to the running back position, and that's just where Hines kind of makes his living. He just sits behind there and gets those uh, the sneaky passes and is really efficient with, with the ball. So this could be a big day for him where he gets some touchdowns and some targets and catches and uh, in the PPR league especially, I like Naheem Hines a lot in this one. And I'm going back to the well and going after Zach Pascal. I, I think he gets that touchdown that he dropped last week, and uh, he'll at least get you, you know, he'll get you probably like uh, 40 to 60 yards and a touchdown in this one is my guess. So he's a play. And then Michael Pittman Jr., he needs to be a play as well. I think he has a decent game. Uh, so that's really it about this game. I mean, not as, as exciting as the other ones, but, uh, you know, do you really see the Colts going in an 0-4 hole? It'll, it'll be interesting. Backtracking a, a little bit on that uh, Indianapolis Colts-Miami game, I just another issue with the Colts is the injuries. That's an, a key component of why you should pick Miami. Carson Wentz is on two bad wheels with those ankles. Quentin Nelson's hurt. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's questionable, even though I, he probably plays and has a big game. But overall, just there's a lot of injuries, so that uh, definitely uh, scares me off a little bit and why I think they'll go 0-4. But uh, moving on to the Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it's 1.5 is Washington's favored by 1.5 points. I'm going to take that all day long. If it was more, I'd still take them. That's how confident I am. I just like this a lot. 
So I'm taking the Washington football team. The over-under is 48. I'm taking the under. I don't think the Falcons score very much. Uh, starting for the Washington football team is Taylor Heineke. I think he has a really big week this week, so I like him a lot. Antonio Gibson, just uh, I think I like him a lot too. I think he can run over this Falcons defense and even get uh, some receptions. So having said that, I like J.D. McKissick for that reason too. The uh, Atlanta Falcons give up a lot of receiving yards to the running back, so that really falls into J.D. McKissick's hands. And uh, hopefully they incorporate Antonio Gibson more into the passing game. Terry McLaurin, I like. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel came off the IR. Not sure he plays this week. So maybe Di this is Diamese Brown's last chance to do something. Maybe he does. Uh, Logan Thomas starting him for sure. I think he has a big game. And uh, for the Falcons, I'm starting Matt Ryan. I am. I, uh, he's going to be throwing to Calvin Ridley and uh, all the mighty Zacharias. Uh, uh, so I, I like those two guys, especially if Russell Gage doesn't play. It's looking like he might not. He's questionable. If he plays, I don't like Russell Gage. He hasn't done anything all like the whole season, and he's been kind of banged up, so uh, not liking him in this one. That's why I like uh, all the mighty or a little bit in this one. He could be a sneaky play. Calvin Ridley for sure. Uh, Cordero Patterson already, you know, I I like his receiving and running ability. I think he can have a big week this week. Uh, and especially in PPR leagues, I think he's he's golden. I don't like Mike Davis. I don't like Kyle Pitts, and I don't like Hayden Hurst. I think they're all benches. Uh, the Washington football team does well against the tight end, so I know you're waiting for that Kyle Pitts breakout we all are waiting for that big Kyle Pitts breakout it's not going to happen this week though so uh, and yeah this will be an interesting game it's at Atlanta but uh, it doesn't matter Washington football team should and will win this one the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers and the 49ers are favored by three which is a field goal since they're at home I, I'm going to take the Niners on this one. Seattle's defense just scares me. They're not the defense that they used to be. They're not even close. The over-under is 51.5. I do feel like it's going to be under. These NFC West matchups aren't always high-scoring and usually uh, turns into kind of a defensive battle. But again, with Seattle's defense, I think this will be a good, uh, good day for the 49ers offense. So I'm going under, taking the 49ers. I'm starting Russell Wilson, uh, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. All, all four of those guys I think will have big days. Uh, I am sitting Will Disley. Uh, Everett, Joe Everett was placed on the COVID list, so uh, Disley is going to be the guy. And I like his targets even with Everett, but in this instance, I'm, I don't know. I think the Niners, even though they give up a lot of points to the tight ends, there's going to be too much going on with the receivers and Carson for him to be effective. So, On the Niners side of the ball, I like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel could have a monster game here, so you really need to watch for uh, Debo Samuel. I think he can have a monster game. Trey Sermon, I think he has a monster game too if Elijah Mitchell doesn't play. So he's definitely a start and could actually have a really big week. But if Elijah Mitchell plays, uh, I really think they go back to him, and he'll be 
you know, a big part of this offense, and he'll take over and have a really big day. So it really depends on who the 49ers are starting at running back. But whoever it is, you need to play him because they're going to have a monster week this week. Um, George Kittle, I mean, he gets a lot of targets. So even though this is a bad matchup, I think he'll be all right, especially because tight ends this year aren't really producing very much. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is a sit for me. I just, you know, there's rumors Trey Lance might be getting a lot of action. So I'd sit both of them because I don't think either will be effective enough to be fantasy football start. So uh, there you have it. The Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. I'm taking the Rams. They're four and a half point favorites, and I'm going to take them. They're at home. Their defense is dominant. And, again, this is a, a division game between the two. So uh, 55 is the over-under. I'm taking the under again. Again, it's NFC West, and they always seem to be a little lower scoring than what we assume. But I'm starting everybody almost. I mean, Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup. I I really like them in this one. Matthew Stafford, I think, has a big day. Even though the Cardinals do well against the quarterback, the, the Rams just have too many weapons. Uh, Daryl Henderson might play. It's looking like he's trending towards playing. I don't like him in this one. I think it's really going to be, you know, the Rams will do their damage through the air. Tyler Higby is a sit. He hasn't really done anything. He's been a big disappointment this year at tight end. I thought he would Stafford. He'd uh, be doing a little bit better than he has been. And, uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson, flash in the pan. You know, he has a big game or he doesn't do anything. So I don't want to chase that in this game. Uh, Cardinals, starting Chase Edmonds, starting James Conner. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins I'm, I'm playing. And Christian Kirk, I think, has a sneaky game here. I mean, he's kind of a forgotten guy with all the receivers they have, but he's been one of their most consistent so you got to start him max williams has a good matchup here so he might do something even though he's only had one really big game so far and i'm sending kyler murray in this one i I think this is a game the rams kind of wrap him up and he's not as effective as what he could be i mean you're starting him if he's your quarterback of course but don't expect a big game and then rondell moore aj green those secondary or you know third fourth receivers in this one uh i think you know you know, with with the Rams' defense, I don't think they have big games in this one. I'd really just stick with the, you know, the main DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk in this. But it's really an exciting game. Actually, both these uh, NFC West matchups are really good football, and I look forward to watching both of them. should be really fun. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers are favored by six and a half points. That's almost a touchdown. And these games are always close. They're always really high scoring and always really close. So the over-under is 47.5. I'm taking the over. Steelers' offense has really been struggling and looked bad. But for some reason in this one, you know, I don't think they win, but I think they keep it close. And it's, again, going to be high scoring. Ben Roethlisberger, he hasn't really done much all year. But I think this could be a game where he kind of gets his stuff together and utilizes his weapons better. Uh, I think he's going to throw a lot of passes to Pat Freermuth at tight end, Najee Harris, and uh, they're really going to move the ball that way. So those are actually the only three Steelers that I'm starting. Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, they're all benches for me right now. Deontay Johnson looks like he might play. We don't know. But with that injury, I'm worried about 
how consistent he'll be this game and if he'll survive the whole game. So, um, who else? Oh, Eric Ebron, bench him. He can't catch the ball, so until he can catch the ball, I mean, he's not going to get you fantasy points. For the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, looks like he's not going to play. So bench him, but start Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. And Ellen Lazard might be a sneaky play here. I really think, you know, with Valdez-Scantling being uh, probably out in this one, Randall Cobb could be a factor as well. So we'll see. But I'm definitely starting Adams, and, you know, you can put a flyer in for Cobb or Lazard. And then I'm sitting Aaron Jones. I hate to do it. I mean, you're playing him if you have him on your roster because he's a top-tier running back. But uh, Steelers do pretty well against uh, top running backs and kind of shutting them down. So it might be a tough game for him. And then Robert Tanyan, I'm sitting. Steelers defend the tight end pretty well. And Tanyan will have probably a second subpar game of the season uh, coming up here. But this will be a fun game to watch. So there's a lot of fun games on these Sunday afternoons. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring, uh, action-packed game, uh, contrary to how bad the Steelers' offense has been playing. The Baltimore Ravens at the Denver Broncos. And the Baltimore Ravens don't play well in Denver. I don't know if it's that mile-high air or what it is, but, you know, uh, Broncos usually give them a really good game. And to be honest, I think this is a going to be a high-scoring game. I'm picking the Broncos. They're favored by one. And that seems about right, especially for them being at home with that defense. I think it's going to be over 45 points because I think there's going to be some special teams or defensive touchdowns uh, in this one. But I definitely think the Broncos' defense plays well and limits Lamar Jackson. And I'm actually benching most of the Baltimore Ravens. I just don't like any of the matchups. Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray... Uh, Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews, I don't like any of them. And Rashad B Bateman is coming back, and that's always a bonus for the Ravens. I mean, we can see if, uh, you know, he was doing some things in camp, but this is, you know, against everyone's ones. So we'll see how fast he can get into the swing of things. Maybe going to be that number one receiver Baltimore's been craving. But, uh, you know, he's on my bench because I'm not sure he even plays. Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. I like Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in this game a lot. It's just that they split so many carries that it kind of takes away from both of them. So they could be good plays, but they also might not do what you expect based off of their timeshare that they have. It's really limiting both players, and it's really unfortunate. Uh, but again, Teddy Bridgewater I think is a great play here. Tim Patrick, uh, I think he's a receiver to play in this one. He's going to dominate. He's always a forgotten receiver in this uh, wide receiver rotation. He was like the fourth receiver, but he potentially could be the best receiver on the team. He just doesn't drop stuff, and uh, he's just so consistent, and pro he produces, and that's what you need. Uh, he's, he's definitely underrated. Noah Fant, like him in this one a lot. Ravens give up a lot of points, unless it was last week where they kind of, you know, managed TJ Hawkinson pretty well. But now it's Noah Fant's turn, so we'll see how he does. Um, Cortland Sutton's a bench for me here. I just think that uh, they'll focus on limiting him, and uh, Cortland Sutton will be targeted a lot, but I don't know that he has a lot of production in this one. So there you go. This will be a fun game, but uh, I think Denver pulls it out. 
The Sunday night game, this should be exciting. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New England Patriots. It's Tom Brady's revenge game. Obviously, everyone knows about it. It's been hyped up all over the sports media. The Buccaneers are favored by seven, and I'm taking that. The Buccaneers win by a touchdown, if not more. New England Patriots have a great defense, but I think the Buccaneers will be able to contain this uh, offense of the Patriots, and it's not going to be pretty. Especially, like I said, Tom Brady's revenge game. Everyone's going to be psyched for it. And the Patriots aren't good enough to uh, get in a shootout with the Buccaneers. So, starting Tom Brady, starting Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, all those guys. I mean, they don't have good matchups. The Patriots actually do well against the receivers and tight ends and actually, you know, the, the passing game in general. But this is just a high-powered offense, and it's like, what weapons do you try to shut down? There's just too many of them. Mike Evans, I think this is a game where he's maybe shut out a little bit and doesn't score and is kind of limited. And I don't like the, the running backs. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, not really big on them in this one. Uh, the, the over-under is 49 points. I'm taking the under. I think it's because I think the, you know, the Buccaneers will score. Uh, the Patriots will struggle a little bit, though, so it'll be well below the 50-point uh, threshold. For... The Patriots, I'm starting Mac Jones in this one. I mean, the Buccaneers give up, you know, they have a good defense, but they give up a lot of passing yards. So I like Mac Jones. Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, I like both of them. I think they can be uh, pretty efficient with target-wise, and they can that could lead to something. Especially with, I like John New Smith in this one as well. He's been kind of quiet, but I think maybe this is where he gets back on track. And I, I don't like Hunter Henry, however. I have him on the bench. Uh, uh, this could be a two-headed tight end attack, but it's hard to predict tight ends. It's really touchdown dependent, and I just like John Smith's chances a little bit better. Damian Harris, he's um, he's my only Patriot on the bench, really. I just I don't think that uh, he'll be effective in this one. Buccaneers can stop the run. He's not much of a pass catcher. James White is hurt. He's on, on IR. So maybe J.J. Taylor takes on some of that role and, and is efficient and maybe gets a touchdown or something, but... You're not really starting any of these running backs against this Buccaneers defense right now. So, especially since we don't know who they are outside of Damian Harris. So that's really, yeah, that's that's the game. And it's I think it's going to be a little melodramatic where, you know, you're expecting all these big things. And I just think the Buccaneers come out and really kind of dominate the Patriots in this one. Now it's time for the Monday night matchup, and I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a really fun game. The AFC West rivals, Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers, and it's like a battle between good versus evil. The evil Raiders, um, Chargers are favored by three and a half points, but I'm taking the Raiders. I think they win this game straight up. 52.5 is the over-under. Give me the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. going to be a lot of fun. Starting, I'm starting Josh Jacobs. Now, he should play. If he doesn't start Peyton Barber, I think he's just going to, you know, he's going to be just as effective. Uh, the Chargers do a great job at defending against the wide receiver position. So I'm benching Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, and, and uh, the like. But I'm starting Hunter Renfro because, you know, he looks like an accountant, an accountant by day, slot receiver at night. And he's just tri he's tricky. He's like a ma magician back there in the slot, just uh you know, faking out, juking out defenders and getting open. So the fact that he can just get open, I think he'll get a lot of targets and be effective. So I'm starting him, and then Darren Waller's going to have a monster game. I mean, the Chargers can't defend the tight end, and Darren Waller's one of the best in the business. So expect to see a lot of Darren Waller. 
and Derek Carr kind of benching him. Like, I, I, you know what? I'm not benching him. He needs to play. You need to start him. We, we keep getting down on Derek Carr, but he's a guy that uh, doesn't even matter the matchup anymore. He's just producing and playing like one of the better quarterbacks in the league this year. So he's a guy you don't sit. Uh, for the Chargers, Austin Eckler, love him in this one. I think he just continues what he did last week and uh, has a great game. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Raiders do well against receivers, but Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, just they get so many targets, and Mike Williams is you know, playing like the best receiver in football right now. you got to play both of them. And I'm sitting Jared Cook. Justin Herbert's kind of the same way. Raiders do well against the opposing quarterback, but you're not sitting Justin Herbert. This offense has a lot of weapons. Just play them, see what happens, especially on a Monday night slate. These uh, seem to be high-scoring affairs. So, uh, Jared Cook, I guess, is my only sit for the Chargers in this one. But uh, I definitely, again, think the Raiders pull this one out and beat the Chargers and uh, continue their undefeated uh, streak of, what, four games now, which will be impressive. Uh, it, you know, the Raiders were a team that uh, people were down on, and they're they're looking good right now. So maybe, you know, uh, they, they keep it up this week as well. So it will be a fun one. Now it's time for the Burke and Mizdawiz Montalban Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. And who do you think the Stars of the Week is going to be this week? Last week, didn't do as good as I did week two. Yeah, You know, I had Daniel Jones in there thinking that Daniel Jones was going to blow up, and he didn't against the Falcons. Oh, man. TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I thought it was a sure thing for TJ Hawkinson. And he didn't do anything against the Ravens. Had Travis Kelce, didn't score a touchdown, but, you know, he got yards, I guess. Had Cooper Cup, so, I mean, I guess I won there. But uh, Tyler Lockett, it was more DK Metcalf that week. You know, I had Austin Eckler, who got yards. And, uh, you know, Davin Cook obviously didn't even play. He was injured, so... You know, let's, uh, let's get to week four, and uh, I'll give you my stars of the week. My number three star of the week at QB is Tyler Heineke, and he's playing the Falcons. And I kind of did this last week with Daniel Jones, but now I'm going to Heineke. I'm thinking he's going to come through for me. It's a good matchup. It's going to be one that no one expects, so it's a good play for, you know, your FanDuel lineups if you're thinking about that. So I would definitely, you know, he's cheap, so you can uh, – save at quarterback and get some other, you know, really good positions like, you know, Derrick Henry. You might be able to get Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara, uh, one of those guys, Cooper Cup, uh, into your lineup if you uh, are able to play Heineke. Anyway, number two is Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback versus Houston. I mean, I think anytime a quarterback plays Houston, you just got to play him. The, the only problem you might have is they get into, a you know, such a big lead that they play conservative and uh, don't air it out very much. But I like Josh Allen's ability to run the ball, too. So I, I'm putting him up here. I think he's a top three play. And then my number one is Jalen Hurts versus the Chiefs. And I really like Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I said it during my preview. I think he can have one of the best weeks of the, the week or one of the best games of the week. And the Chiefs give up a lot of points to the quarterback. He can run. He can pass. Uh, I definitely don't think he'll play as bad as uh, he did last week against the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, 
yards wise will be there uh, touchdowns whether it's rushing or passing I, I just expect a really big week from him at running back my number three is Nick Chubb Browns running back at the Vikings I, you know the matchup's okay Vikings are middle of the road against the run so it's not like it's a glaring mismatch but I just like Nick Chubb a lot he he's dominant always getting you know yards and you know obviously can't predict touchdowns but I expect a lot of touchdowns here against this Vikings defense now uh, th- that's one of the things that uh, you know I'm kind of worried about last week he didn't score that went to Kareem Hunt but uh, yeah Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs in football so I'm putting him in there Alvin Kamara versus the Giants and I like him more for his receiving ability in this game than I do his rushing ability. But Giants give up some points against the running back, especially receiving. And that's Kamara's specialty. So I expect a really big week from Kamara this week. He, you know, he, he hasn't been as dominant as what we wanted him to be. But I can't say he hasn't been good because, I mean, compared to all the other running backs, he's still, you know, getting those yards and, you know, getting those uh, intermittent touchdowns. So we expect bigger things from him. So maybe the, our expectations are too high, but he's still a top-notch running back. And this matchup just, I don't know, just screams, you know, huge gate, huge day. And I want to make sure I have Kamara for this one. Number one, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, running back at the New York Jets. Derrick Henry's a beast. He's the best running back in football right now. And I don't expect it to slow down. I mean, these matchups he's had the beginning of the season have just been so juicy, and this is another juicy one. So I, I just can't see it slowing down, especially with the other, you know, the wide receivers injured and just the, the Jets being able to play decent defense against the pass. I I think Derrick Henry's going to put on a clinic in this one and be the best play at running back. Wide receiver, my number three is Cooper Cup versus the Cardinals. And really, I mean, Cardinals give up a lot of points to the wide receiver, but it's more along the lines of just Cooper Cup's on a roll. So you just ride that, and uh, you ride the hot streaks until it doesn't, you know, until it stops. And right now it hasn't stopped, so I'm I'm still on that ride. Number two, DJ Moore, wide receiver for the Panthers at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys give up a lot of yards. With McCaffrey hurt, I think there's more targets to go around. And DJ Moore is already getting a lot of targets. So not only do I think he'll have a big day, but I think he'll have one of the biggest days of the week because of that. And then number one is Devonta Adams versus the Steelers. I don't know what happened to the Steelers' defense. Well, I take that back. I do. It's, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. But that's really opened up teams that have really big games against them, especially at wide receiver. You know, you saw Jamar Chase last week. So... I just think that this is Devontae Adams is going to annihilate the Steelers' defense this week, especially with Aaron Rodgers slinging it. They're at home, so go Devontae Adams. Tight end, I have Darren Waller at the Chargers. Chargers give up a lot of points to the tight end. Darren Waller is one of the best, so there's I don't we don't even need to debate it. Logan Thomas at the Falcons. He's my second star of the week at tight end. Washington football team. You know, I already said uh, Taylor Heineke. He's got to throw it somewhere. Obviously, McLaurin's there, but I think this is going to be a big day for Logan Thomas as well. 
especially with how just how bad that Falcons defense is, especially in that secondary. And then Travis Kels, number one against the Eagles. Eagles give up a lot of points. Kels didn't score last week, so he's going to make up for it this week and have a huge week. So I I don't see him having two weeks in a row where he doesn't get a touchdown, especially with this Chiefs offense. So Kels is going to be the number one play this week at tight end. So it should be fun, should be interesting. I mean, there's there's a lot of sleeper plays, but then there's also just those studs that are good week in and week out, and it, you know, to kind of sh- uh, shift through all the the different uh, players that could uh, potentially have a big week. It's tough to pick the the top three, but you know, we'll see how we did. Uh, you know, when we start previewing our week five games. All right, it's money winning time. Money winning time. And last week was our first dud, I guess. You know, we were in the money the first two weeks. Third time was not a charm. Zach Pascal didn't do it for me. Dropped a touchdown pass. I had Dallas Goddard thinking he'd do something. He did not. Just, I don't know. I had a lot of things that uh, I'm not really proud of. Uh, so, you know, Dalvin Cook, he was in there, but I had to switch him with Alexander Madison. And even with that, I mean, Madison didn't do bad, but just didn't give me enough points to uh, get in the money this round. So we'll uh, try to correct that here. And my first slot is QB Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, $7,900. And I just think that this is going to be a huge matchup against the Chiefs. Running, passing, usually I will have like a combo, like receiver, running back, tight end. But with Hurts, I don't. His running ability, you know, Lamar Jackson's the same way. I don't always put a combo with uh, Lamar Jackson. So with Jalen Hurts, I have him as my QB. Uh, I think he spreads the ball around and has a real efficient day and gets some rushing yards. Playing from behind against the Chiefs, he'll be doing that all game. I like him for 7,900. And then my first running back is Cordero Patterson, 6,000, playing against the Washington football team. They do okay against the running back, but not so well against the receivers. And he does both, so I think he can be a sneaky play where, you know, they they get him out in space and he's able to create. And I, I think he can have a really big day, especially, you know, getting a guy at the running back position that's going to get a lot of targets. I'll take that. Because even if he can't rush the ball, he you know he might be able to get some yards through the the air, and uh, with the you know the PPR leagues that definitely helps. My other running back is none other than Derrick Henry, ten thousand two hundred. Like it's at the point of ridiculous how much he costs. You really got to cut corners everywhere else. But uh, it's Derrick Henry, and his matchup is just insane against the Jets. And it's one of those things where I think they get a big lead and they just keep running it. So this could just be one of those monster games for Derrick Henry. And I, I just can't have a lineup with him not in it. I'll say that much, especially against the Jets. My first receiver, I was able to get Cooper Cup for $8,600. Now, you know, Cooper Cup is, you know, I'm riding the streak. He's playing against the Cardinals. They give up a lot of yards to their wide receiver. And Cooper Cup continuously gets a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. So until that dies down, he's going to be in my lineup. He's in my lineup here. My second receiver is Terry McLaurin for $7,100. And with that Washington football team against the Falcons, the Falcons on the other end give up a lot of yards to the wide receiver. Terry McLaurin's going to be getting a ton of passes from Taylor. 
So just as many times as he's targeted and how many receptions he's going to get. He's a big-time PPR play. I really like him in this one. I think he's a top I think he's a, you know, a top 5 receiver. So I, I was happy to get him for $7,100. And I'm at top five receiver for this week. Then I had to really, <laughs> then I had to penny pinch at that point. I got all my guys, and now I have to really penny pinch. So my next ride receiver is none other than Zach Pascal again, $5,100. I mean, it's $5,100. I couldn't pass that up. You know, he missed, he dropped a touchdown last week from having a good week. I just need him to be, you know, hold it down at the bottom of the uh, the roster. And, again, $5,100 is a bargain. Though as many targets as he gets, he's, he's a touchdown machine. I'm willing to take that chance, and I felt like it was a good gamble down there. Tight end, uh, Pat Freermuth from for the Steelers against the Packers. He was only $5,000. Now, Eric Ebron, if you haven't heard, is dropping everything. He was targeted three times, couldn't catch a cold. They're throwing more to Freemuth. Although Freemuth kind of had a drop last week, too. He's targeted a lot. I think it was his only drop all season, and he has, like, you know, 18 targets or so. So I expect big things from Freemuth, and I think he comes around this week in this matchup against the Packers and has a really good week. So for $5,000... He has the most upside. I'm going to take advantage of it, and hopefully that helps me, you know, helps me, brings me over the edge. We'll say that. Flex, I have Zach Moss for the Bills. $6,000. And they're playing the Texans. I just think they're going to run the ball like crazy, milk the clock. Zach Moss is the better running back. Singletary is the better receiving back. And Moss is off to a big start. I mean, he's just dominating you know, he has over double-digit points every week. I think he has the one of the best matchups at running back. So just put him in there and expect big things, and I'm excited about it. And then my defense is the Lions. It's $4,100, and it pretty much sets me at zero for my cap. That was my best option, and I figured, you know, hey, they're playing the Bears. You know, Nick Foles, obviously... Uh, that might not be a good play against Nick Foles, but if Dalton or Fields plays, this Lions defense could actually throw a good game out there and do pretty well. So uh, I felt like they had the best shot of at least getting a touchdown and some turnovers. So uh, that's, you know, especially at that price, that's all I had left. And that was my best option at that point. So there you go. There's my FanDuel lineup. And let's make it three for four, shall we? The show's over. It's time to turn off the lights, close the door, and end the day. Thank you for listening to the Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. You can follow us at any major podcast application, Google, Spotify, Apple, all of them. Please like us, review us, give us a good rating, and we'll be back at it again as soon as week four is over to talk about it and get into week five. So sit back with a beer, some snacks, and enjoy your Sunday. Take care.